When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen, if you're still living with bladder accidents, stop. It's time to get your life back. I was just like you until I found real relief with Axonics Therapy. It's not a pill or a pad. It's a clinically proven advanced treatment. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonics is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. You're listening to a Castaway Media podcast. Find more great shows at castaway.media or find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash castaway podcasts. Hi, and welcome to episode 30 of Potterooney. And I don't know what you're doing when you're listening to this, and I'm not going to guess. So you could be running, you could be in your car, whatever you're doing. But whatever you're doing, thanks for downloading. And if you have downloaded and you like the podcast, I say it every time, but just give me a review or stars on iTunes. This week I'm talking to Thomas Walsh of the band Pugwash. If you don't know Pugwash, please, please look them up. And they have a new album out called... Play this intimately as if among friends, and it's uh, beautiful. I've got it on vinyl now, but it, it's a beautiful looking album and a beautiful sounding album. And there's some brilliant guests on it Neil Hannon of The Divine Comedy, and on the song Oh Happy Days, guests Ray Davies on backing vocals, Ray Davies of The Kinks. And Andy Partridge on backing vocals. Andy Partridge of the band XDC. And it's just bloody hell. It's amazing. So um, check it out. And I've got the album. I bought it. It's uh, red vinyl. It's fantastic. And uh, I got Thomas to sign it and everything. And actually he recommended, I asked him to recommend an album for me to buy. And he did recommend a couple of ones that I couldn't find. We were down in Tower and uh, they didn't have them. But eventually I landed upon an album that he recommended by Elliot Smith called XO. And I'm listening to it all week and I'm I'm loving it. So uh, what a week it's been. It's been mental. Well, obviously we had the tragedy in France. And, uh, but I, I was like, uh, my son uh, plans to go. Uh, had planned to go to Paris next summer with a group of his friends. He's seventeen. He'll be eighteen next year, and he wants to head off for the first time on his own. I mean, without parents or whatever. And uh, I asked him about how he felt about going to Paris after what happened in Paris. And he went, "Yeah, I'm going." And he's right. Fuck it. Fuck these fucking uh, nutcase um, terrorists. And uh, you know, vive la France. Liberté, égalité, fraternité, viva la France. Uh, we don't need uh, we don't need uh, people changing uh, the way our our the way we live. We're going to live, uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you've been hearing this all week, and 
And um, I hope it doesn't affect the um, Euro 16, the thing on Ireland. We're going over there and we're all going to go over there and have a good time and feck it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that this morning it's been a long day. So I, I, I've been up this morning. I was interviewing Brezzy for next week's podcast. Um, and he actually, uh, I was talking to him about, uh, he recommended this uh, app for meditation. And I need meditation. Bloody because I'm fucked this week just personal issues I don't know just personal stuff you know when it, what happens when a, you know when an ex-girlfriend and and a, a bloke that you work with quite a lot start begin to you know I don't know what's going on but they kind of go you know we seem to be getting on well blah 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 you don't mind you go yeah it's your it's your life whatever no I can't interfere but in in my in my head, I'm going, fuck off. What are you doing? There's seven billion people in the world and and you couldn't find anyone else to start fucking hanging out with. I don't know, fuck, it doesn't matter. But I need, I need meditation. So I've used this headspace. I downloaded the app and I just used it a few minutes ago and you can feel how relaxed I am already. Um, I just did a 10-minute meditation. I'm going to do meditation every day and try and see, see, if, see if it's working. See if it's working. Is it working? Does it sound like it's working? Okay, well, every uh, week I say uh, there's no advertising on this, so um, I'd like to get feedback. But that doesn't mean... Maybe I'm giving the wrong impression that I don't want advertising. Of course I want advertising. If anybody wants to fucking advertise on this, um, anything, socks, bananas... Uh, paper clips, whatever. Uh, you, you please do just give me something for it. Of course, I'm not going to do it for nothing. Give me a few free socks, whatever, or farming products. And if you know, remember, remember the old ads, the farming product ads, where you, you'd be sitting down uh, watching Glen Row, the uh, and then there'd be an ad break, and there'd be an ad for some farming product, which would be like you'd be just watching television, probably having a ham sandwich and a cup of tea. And then the sad would come on and be like, Have your calves got scour? Then use Toto 20 Hyper Totsy Glotsy Flotsy Flotsy to stop the shite coming out of your calves. Toto 20 Hyper Totsy Flotsy Totsy. It's great. Remember those ads? If anyone wants to do an ad like that for some farming product, I will do it. I'll do it. As long as you give me some of that free stuff. That stops calves having scour. Okay, let's listen to Thomas Walsh. Oh, yeah, when do you want to start? Just, just... Well, we start now, I guess. If if we're not using the other bit, we're starting now. But we could use the other bit and use what you want. I, I don't know. Know. couldn't yeah. I never could. Yeah, yeah. People, yeah. that's probably what's gone against me as well. I yeah. never used to. I always used to like revel in the fact that I say I hope Lily Bordellos blows up, shit yeah. like that. And that's why we never made it because we never hung out with that kip. Yeah, yeah. Or places like that. But if you want a late drink, there you go. Yeah. But, you know, there was always things you had to do in Dublin that we never did. So yeah. I think it's the reason why we're still a, a Do you cunt, find that as well? Figure. Because I, I found it difficult early on uh, that I I felt I didn't... Uh, I, felt, I, I always thought that you do your stuff on stage and that should be it. 
then it's over. You don't have to hang out with people. Yeah. Why? But you do, do you? Well, I'll tell you what it is. You know, Brezzy, right? Mm. It's just, just to be mind because he's a, he's a lovely guy. Yeah. He's a very nice fella. I think he's coming in here next week. Well, this is the thing. Now, I'm yeah. going to be honest here. He was in yeah. a wonderful band that we that supported us for, you know, a, a lot of times back in the day. Yeah. And, of course, because my brain is slowly melting over the years, I've forgotten the names. But, you know, from Mullingar. Yeah. Blizzards, of course. Yeah. Great band. Mm. I just thought they were completely talking heads, meets XTC. Yeah. You know, and he was a great front man. Mm-hmm. And... Sadly, because of, of you know, the way we can't just accept music in this country, because cause it doesn't give you a living, really. Yeah. And for some people, it, they just don't want to hone their craft and get better, which is what I try and do all mm. the time. So mm. I'm continually living in squalor to keep going to try and write a better song. Mm. But someone like Brez, who had the looks and, you know, mm. the whole thing going from, he was snapped up to a completely different... Uh, way of life and a completely different thing to do and I just mm. thought that was that was a little sad because now he's forgotten his, his musical talents mm. really to do what he has to do to almost you know keep up with what everyone else thinks he should be doing yeah. which is like presenting probably crappy TV well, shows you know what that's interesting because uh, people do ask me uh, sorry go ahead, go uh, ahead. Joe, people do ask and say do you want to do this and I say do you, do you not understand that I'm a musician mm. I don't want to do you know some crappy TV show. I mean, I did that pilot for that for that chap. We were talking mm. earlier about a pilot show I did, and it was only because I I'd given up the drink and I was completely doing nothing else, and I was keeping my brain active. So mm. I did a radio novel show as well mm-hmm. that actually I ended up loving because I love radio anyway. Mm. So I remember doing that, and I did that just one off pilot thing. But I mean, uh, because but that the, sounded good anyway. Well, it, well, it was it was fun. <laughs> Apart from the two Davids, but, yeah, uh, yeah. but it was. Um, the thing was, if I'd have been asked to do the whole series, I, I probably wouldn't have because yeah. the one day I spent out there, I was like, God, this is just not me. Right, yeah. Some people are made to kind of go into the other avenues of, of you know. Yeah, but you, maybe you're right. I mean, uh, well, you, are, you do what you want to do, but it's probably better for your mental health. And I mean, I'm reading Brezzy's book and he talks about this awful panic attack before he did the first episode of The Voice. Do you know what? Maybe, maybe yeah. that's... His mind telling him you shouldn't be doing this. Well, that's a very good point. I mean, I suffered, I suffered uh, panic attacks since I was a kid. I mean, I had my first panic attack in church. Yeah, it wasn't anything weird, as in you know there wasn't a priest behind me saying you know bend over and yeah, take yeah. Jesus. Yeah, uh, I, I was just I was just suddenly up the front of the church. I was about twelve, and I was going, "Why is everyone looking at me?" Oh, you were I, you were an altar boy. No, I was You're, just, you know, because, you know, my man said, if you don't go to church, we'll kill you later Oh, yeah, but on. you're sitting at the front. So yeah. I just had to go and, you know, so you get through it, you're sitting there. Yeah. And, of course, I just suddenly noticed everybody in the world. I was going, everyone would see me if I had to leave this church now. Mm. Mm. So that's, and that was my first panic attack way back in the day. Mm. So I suffered with it for 30 years before I did something about it. Did you? Oh, yeah. But well, it covered them up because the you know, drink then became... I know, and it's amazing how many people get them. I it's got incredible. them for a good while, really bad. I got to the stage where I thought I was having a, a brain tumour. I thought I had a brain tumour. Oh, that's in, the main one. The old hemorrhage of the brain tumour was always the one. I was in A&E twice thinking I was really? dying. Thinking, I can't feel... You know, you'd read the symptoms of what... And then I'd get the symptoms. Yeah, so incredible. I'd go, oh, I can't feel one side of my face. That looks like... Well, years ago, yeah, Bob Geldof yeah. said... He hates the sound of his own heartbeat. Yeah. I read this, it was the 80s or something, I read it in some magazine, that smash hits or something. And yeah. from that day on, I've listened to my heartbeat because of Bob Geldof. 
Yeah. That sounds like a song, doesn't it? I've listened to my heartbeat because of Bob Gelder. <laughs> but it's Thank incredible, you. you know, all these people do, you know, have these. And I'm, yeah. I'm more proud of Brezzy if he, if he put that in his book, you know, that's stuff kids need to know. And yeah, yeah. You know, someone like him would go through that because you probably think... Well, he went through it really bad when he was young, when he was like... Very young. Well, that's yeah, well, more yeah. power to him. He's a nice, yeah. you know, he's a really nice chap. But yeah. I just think that you know, he's, he has a musical talent that's as good as that. He's ignoring. Yeah, mm, you know, and mm, I think obviously mm. then when he did release an album and it was out on a major, it was just stuff that he never would have touched with a barge ball. Yeah, in the blizzards, you know. Yeah. So I, I kind of always look at the music and go, I oh, just get back there, will you? And, you know, which are, which I feel Bob now. I'm sure you have, Brezzy. Well done. <laughs> go and get a little studio out in the country and do a traffic, or maybe do balls. Because Balls were a band. Balls? Yeah, Balls. With Denny Lane yeah. and Trevor Burton from The Move. And I can't remember the other guys. Yeah? So I think maybe Cozy Powers of all that, I don't know. But they were a band that, like, were 1970, 71. Denny Lane, just before he joined Wings. Yeah? They did an album for Polydor. It's never come out because they basically went to the country and took heroin for about six months. Oh. And one single was released called Fight for My Country. Right, right. And it's a bit of a shocker. Is well, it? you got to check out Balls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Greatest will, name yeah. ever for a band. But they went to the country and almost didn't come back. That's what I was saying. What was that other band? I saw you doing a cover of a band that had possibly Roy Wood in them. And yeah, it was The Move. No, before The Move. It was another band. Oh, The Idol Race was Jeff Lynne's band. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Idol Race was Jeff Lynne's band, which were originally the Night Riders, which had Roy Wood in them. Yeah, oh, okay. okay so it was, okay, it was okay, Mike okay. Sheridan and the Night Riders, and Mike Sheridan was the lead singer, and the Night Riders was the idol race that he became, and Roy Wood. All so right. then Roy Wood left to form the move. Right. Mike Sheridan went off to do his own thing, and the Night Riders were left with the three members, okay. Roger and Greg and Dave, who I know them all now. They're amazing guys. And, uh, and then yeah. Jeff joined. So that was the idol race, the four-piece. Yeah, yeah. And they made two amazing records. Out, I mean, they made three records. Song but, is great, yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I did a cover of On With The Show with Neil. Yeah. Uh, back in 2007 or 8. But sorry, I saw you doing it on a, an American... Uh, oh, cool. What was that, America? You, you were interviewed by this girl um, and you do about five, six songs live and there's an interview, a very funny interview. Oh, well, do you know what? Uh, <laughs> we had travelled a long way and, you know, we were wearing, you know... The travel gear. Because yeah. we just came in, we thought it was a little gig for like a podcast. And Michael Simmons, who did it all. Yeah. Brilliant musician. Uh, Sparkle Jets was his band. Yeah. Uh, wonderful musician and engineer guy. And he just had everything set up for us. Yeah. And it's the bit, you've listened to the song. I mean, the recording is incredible. Amazing. I mean, absolutely. We, we want to release it. And he gave us the rights and all. Is it all live? On all that? live. There's no backing track on that. No, we have, we, we always keyboards. have a little backing track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we, we yeah. played the click on certain tracks. Okay, okay. okay something okay. like Apples, there's no backing tracks. Yeah, yeah. The Morning yeah. Sunshine, which was the idolized track we did. Right. Was just We just did it off cuff because we learned it to play it for Jeff oh, in yeah. LA because he was coming to the gig in LA. And is this this last summer gone? This or? is, yeah the, yeah, the the end of last year, yeah. The end of last year, the yeah. The first time we went to America and it was mm. phenomenal. So we we were only back for two months recently. We did a 15,000 mile van tour of America. Yeah. 30 gigs, just absolutely. So is it really happening for you now in America? I mean, I know you've got a lot yeah. of very famous fans. That, well, who's coming to see you in, like, in LA? Like, all, all of them. Yeah. You know, it's incredible. You know, all, the, all of Brian's bands. You know, all the Wonder Mints people, you know, all yeah. these incredible producers and great engineers. Of, you know, Andrew Sandoval, who does all the kinks. 
stuff, all the remasters and all the monkey stuff. Yeah. And then we get, you know, the odd time people like Jeff, but, you know, that particular time he didn't make it. Yeah. But he says, come up to the house. So yeah. course, that was a terrible. Jeff, that was yeah. a terrible, you know, thing to say. Of course, I was up there about two days later, <laughs> up to Bungalow Palace. And yeah. So he's invited me up three times now. I've been That's there. incredible. And uh, he makes a nice cup of tea and we yeah. go into the studio and have great fun playing music and, and basically talking about stuff. I love asking him stuff that, you know, nobody ever asks because I'm a fan. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you get an interview with Jeff, he's going to answer the same questions all the time. It's like the McCartney thing, you know. During the 80s, McCartney used to quote the John Lennon bit and getting better, you know. A great example of me and John's uh, writing process was, yeah, I'd say... Uh, it's getting better all the time. Mm. And you go, can't get no worse. So I think McCartney said that in every interview he did oh, in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's getting better all the time. Better, better. better, better. I can't get, get no, no worse. worse. You know, so that was yeah. John Lennon throwing in that line. Yeah. So McCartney used, it was great. It's a great quote. Isn't that why there were brilliant uh, comedy, or sorry, comedy, songwriting well, uh, duo? Yes. Because absolutely. you see, Paul McCartney on his own is too, too bright and nice. Do you know what I mean? It's a tough one. See, I'm I'm in the I'm in the and yeah. See, I'm in the ahead. camp of you. You can't slag him. It's almost like <laughs> you know, it's he's yeah. almost untouchable. But yeah. I I I agree in certain things. Like Lennon would come in with the acerbic wit as they go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and of course that made it extra special because let's face it, getting better is is a, an amazing song. That's amazing. So it'd be up there with some of McCartney's best ever songs. Mm -hmm. So it shows a yes that Lennon did help. I mean, I didn't actually know that Lennon helped with some lyrics on Lady. I mean, I know everything. Yeah, the Beatles because I mean you know it's just all mm. in my large huge head and stomach I think now as well <laughs> I think my brain has gone down to there but yeah. he helped with lyrics for Lady Madonna which I didn't know yeah until recently oh, really. just little things like that and you go that sounds like a complete Macca song right 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 but you'd love to know then I, I suppose uh, See How They Run it sounds like a it is a Lennon lyric actually if you think about it yeah he says yeah. on Iron the Walrus doesn't he yeah okay yeah I don't see how they run, I'm crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe that's what it is. So. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out, Joe. <clears throat> was that the. So you grew up in Drimner, right? Yep. And is what was the first music you start? start was it the Beatles from day one that well, you started up with? or? Well, funnily enough, if I think about it, it was probably the Carpenters and. Yeah, ah, oh, Carpenters. Nice. Carpenters and Gibber O'Sullivan. Uh, oh wow! Excellent. Gilbert's huge. I mean, uh, he's know, amazing. Well, you reckon? I mean, you, you know, he's almost untouchable as well. If he wasn't a maniac, he is. You know, a bit of a looper. Nuts. But you know, I, I, did you know? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Aslan did a uh, oh, Gilbert O'Sullivan song. On his covers album, was it? Yeah, and uh, they somehow got him to come down and see them in the Olympia or something. Did they? And he was like, "Oh, it's pretty interesting because you've changed it from piano to guitar." And they were going like, "Would you would you sing on the album?" You know? And he went, "Yeah, yeah." And did then he? he didn't. No, they called him up, and. Uh, Apparently, Gilbert O'Sullivan went, if he didn't want to deal with someone, he'd pretend he was his brother or something like that. Oh, no. <laughs> so they called him up. And he's, and he's going, um, no, uh, Gilbert isn't here at the minute. And they go, and they're going, we know it's you, Gilbert. And he, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't. Uh, yeah, Aslan wouldn't say, are you sure? Are you he's sure? Yeah, they're going, it is you. you. We know it's you. But he wouldn't. He's going, no, no, this isn't Gilbert. <laughs> oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> They're such great guys. I mean, <laughs> and that's, uh, I was going to say Diddy. Uh, I said Diddy as in, well, Diddy, it's a dirty word. Mm. But uh, I was thinking, did he say that? 
I was thinking to myself, well, oh, I did he didn't say, appear on the oh, album. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it would have been like well, apparently he did. a huge I thing. Maybe he was... <clears throat> He was... Uh, yeah, a few. Maybe they had him up against a wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe he was in the chipper. Spice burgers thrown at him. But, uh, but uh, see, stuff like that... But uh, yeah, brilliant stuff. The probably a lot of my dad's Perry Como, Frank Sinatra stuff. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of that stuff around. But uh, classic, good songwriting stuff. Yes, yeah. which I didn't quite know about. But then, of course, about yeah. 74 or 5, uh, I heard Wizard. Wizard, yeah. Then ELO were brought into the house. What, what, what the wizards? Well, see my baby Joy and Angel Fingers. Yeah. Were obviously, were huge. My, my uh, first single mm. I bought was was Roy Wood. Are you ready to rock? Are you ready to rock? Nineteen seventy four. And the B side is an instrument called Marathon Man, which I used to love. Well, you know Marathon Man. Yeah. I think we should do a, a radio shake on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not great with radio, but Marathon Man, of course. Yeah. And all the mad drumming. Yeah, I loved it. It's I used to a, play that a lot. That's kind of... Oh, a lot of his B-sides were kind of weird, jazzy kind of stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, and this, yeah. Here's a true story, which you love. Yeah. Because he, he took so long recording the singles, because they were all mega, you know, ridiculous Phil Spector. Wall of Sand jobs. type yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't he toured with Wizard but not as much as he should have and of course they were having number one hits but all the money was going on the recordings right. so the band were just barely getting a few bob on yeah. what Roy used to do was he'd record B-sides for the singles and and credit them to the band members that's right I remember, it's always a different yeah. uh, oh really but he wrote them he wrote them ah amazing okay so Marathon Man of course completely him I think he gave Marathon Man to it could be Keith Smart or Charlie Grimmer or one of those with the drummers maybe on that one I can't remember who, who Rob Roy's Nightmare you get to Mike Borney I remember the sax player passed away recently actually oh, right, yeah. and uh, that's the B-side of A Wish Could Be Christmas Every Day that's, oh, okay. that's an amazing song that is yeah. his B-sides are incredible because he's, he's a freak you know Roy, Roy Wood did all his body of work before he was 26 yeah and then he, and he, he so he's releasing uh, it was Roy Wood and then <clears throat> Wizard and they were releasing he treated some, contracts with Don Arden yeah, yeah. Don Adam got got a Warner Brothers contract. He was on Jet. He was on Polydor. Uh. United Artists. It's ridiculous. So he did forever. You know, I saw my brand new baby yeah. walk out the door. Big hit from a solo single forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I wonder who she'll be if she put the hood on me forever. Right. Big single from yeah. top ten. Then he was releasing Wizard at the same time. Yeah. Probably are you ready to rock roll around that time? Right, right, right. And, of course, he had ELO in the early days, like 72, coming into 73. It's just the first album, was it? Just the first album. He yeah. played on the second album, but yeah. he had a big for him and Jeff during the second album. That was that. Okay. And then he did Ballpark Incident. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. was, you know, Well, I'm sitting in a back lot on the northwest side of town. Mm. That was the first Wizard hit. And then the second Wizard single was See My Baby Joy. See My Baby Joy then. Okay, yes. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Because I saw an interview with him on the old Grey Whistle tape just the other night and he's like going well I've got uh, two albums coming out from for Wizard and two for Broy Wood this year yeah <laughs> four albums coming and, out and in did one him. year yeah it did him um, physically yeah. he got really sick around 74 yeah to pull an American tour or, yeah he went on an American tour but I think it was on 75 he got really bad then he released Mustard yeah. which is a great record but I only found out recently again that he he took on this massive project that was going to be a West End musical yeah. About the history of rock and roll. And it was all over the enemy at the time because I got some original cuttings from the time. Yeah. So he was going to do a two set, two record set um, 
soundtrack album. Yeah. He was going to write it all himself, and he was going to produce a stage recording. You know, you know, kind of a, a, a what? What you call it? Yeah, like a, well, basically a stage set up recording of the of the whole thing. Right, right. Taking right. on these massive projects, mm. so he was going to write songs from the forties, fifties, sixties, you know, seventies. Mm. And if you listen to his output at that time, it was jazz, rock and roll. Right, was ready to rock, and yeah, it was like there was a lot of Beach the... Boys tracks on mustard, kind of real Beach Boys. Right, and there was all forties kind of you know, kind of Vera Lynn almost stuff. And yeah, all these incredible old singers, you know. Yeah. And so that's probably what he was doing. Mm-mm-mm. And you know, people always think he was just mad, but I think all that stuff because the the musical never happened. Yeah, I think he just released Put that, that stuff. Right, 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 right. And it would answer a lot of questions because everyone just thought, is he banking? <laughs> yeah, you know, think about it nowadays, whatever the equivalent would be. Like, it's like Ed Sheeran releasing a jazz uh, folk album. Or something. Right, right, right. So, so earlier on, uh, now what age are you talking about when you discover like all this kind of stuff? Six, five, are six. Are you serious? Yeah. Really? Oh, that's the thing about but it. Where did you discover, uh, I suppose, just, just going through to, have you got, well, did you have uh, records in the... Oh yeah, and this house thing, like your family were mu- into music. Right? Absolutely, yeah, and yeah, there wasn't a huge musical history like as in playing or anything. Yeah, I mean yeah. there was an artistic history with my uncle who kind of drew cartoons for the Times and stuff. Yeah, you know he was a uh, he was an incredible artist. Mm. But, you know that was on my mum's side, but there was not yeah. real players around. Well, what did your dad do? My dad was a shoemaker. Shoemaker, yeah. Stanley's. Yeah. Do you remember when Stanley shoes? I do, yes. It's in the, uh, yeah. I never remember the name of it, but that place just before Thomas Street, uh, which was the pub. Oh. And then, you know, I think it's just... No, a, there was a big market there. Yeah. That, yeah. Oh, I, I can't remember. remember yeah, I yeah, can yeah. never remember the name of it now, but that's where Win Stanley's was. I always know it was yeah, Win Stanley's. Yeah, yeah. And your mother work? Well, she worked in, in Kellogg's. Yeah. Uh, Lions' Tea and bits and pieces like that, because yeah, they were all local factories. All oh, right, okay. In yeah. Drimna. Yeah. And uh, it was... It was so she just did bits and pieces, but she brought us all up, you know. How many of you? It was five of us. You know, it wasn't a huge, considering some of the people I knew in school who had like 18 in the family. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a friend of mine who had 18 in his family. Yeah, well, I when I was going to school out in Mead, in Kentstown, I think there was one family who had 21. Jeez. It's absolutely, yeah. I mean... It's they just... all looked a bit mental, though. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah not a lot of hair. <clears throat> but, uh, so, but, yeah, uh, so the thing is about nowadays... They kind of think that well, you see kids on the on the internet now, like playing violin or a trade, all this, all that drums, and they're seven. Yeah, and it's never changed. I just really loved what I was hearing when I was. Were your parents into music though? They were yeah, buying, they play. Oh yeah, buying they play. Oh yeah, because my dad was like a huge like Frank Sinatra fan, and yeah, yeah, he loved yeah. certain contemporary artists like the Carpenters, like I was saying. But my yeah. brother then was the big thing because my brother Damien, mm. because my other my eldest brother was Queen. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, pretty heavy into Queen, which, of course, I love. Who doesn't love Queen? I've got to say, you don't, probably. No, I, I like Queen. <clears throat> Classic Queen, you know? Yeah. It's a very, it's a, I, always, I always say it's a huge pretty Queen went out during the 80s, really, because yeah, Freddie was pretty much done by the end of yeah. the 80s. So that period of music was always tempered with that terrible sound. Yeah, oh, yeah, You know, yeah, so production. if Queen had gone on yeah. and done an album with Rick Rubin or somebody... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It would yeah, have been phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, it would have been just... You know, we don't even want to think. Yeah, so yeah. them people were great, full stop, really, but, you know, it's always tempered by the fact of how they finished. But Mm-mm-mm. Queen, so Queen were... I loved Queen, but it was mainly brother bringing in Al Stewart records. All right, yeah. And Mike Oldfield. Yeah. So he he was bringing in, like, Al Stewart, like, you know, Past, Present and Future, or Orange and these records. Right, right. Uh, just pre... 
year of the cat, you know, just around a year of the cat time. Okay, and on vinyl was it? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What else have we had? Eight tracks. Oh, eight had. tracks. Yeah. And cassettes. They were out with the but no, it was it was vinyl big time. And of course, yeah. my brother used to used to just throw the vinyl on the ground. I put another one on. He'd have jam sandwiches in his hand. And put yeah, I'd yeah, be screaming yeah. at him. And yeah. it was from that moment, of course, I'm a big vinyl collector. And yeah. like, there's even videos on, like, like the new Jeff Lynne album, right? It's coming out. It was out yesterday. Yeah. November 13th. And they show someone online a bottle, just, you know, uh, what's it called? It's kind of undressing the record. Right. They take a video of them opening the opening, vinyl. Yeah. Taking the record out and showing it. And there's music playing. Yeah. And it's like, you know. And every time they put these things up, it's just someone pulling the vinyl out with their thumb and their finger. And I'm still there at 46. Yeah, because there's a way to hold it. Yeah, don't be doing that, you fool. Finger on the, in the little hole. Of course, you know, because this is my brother with his jam all over and I'm screaming at him. But then he brought in some ELO stuff. Yeah. And uh, And that was... And then my eyes just went, what is this? What what struck you about ELO? Is it production or the songwriting? His voice. His voice, right. Yeah. Yeah. His voice just sounded like, you know, what would you like as a kid? Probably Sherbert Dip or something. Yeah. It'd probably sounded like Sherbert Dip or, you know, Fizzle Sticks. Yeah. He probably just has the voice of a Fizzle Stick, Jeff <laughs> But it was, it was just, and then of course you go, what, did, you know, what did he do there? What What did that sound? What was that sound? Yeah. And you start to kind of think of what it is because you're only a kid. You're only like, Five, six, well, you, you don't even really you start thinking what are those instruments yeah. for the first time you're going mm. yeah, I remember yeah. getting Mr Blue Sky when I finally got it on single about 78 I just sat with the record player in the parlour and I just kept you know lifting the needle back I did it about 11 times of course it's a 6 minute song yeah pretty much but I just I couldn't get my head over it it was so so brilliant oh God, it, you is, know. it is so brilliant so, yeah. and of course seeing him you know basically standing from here to you, you know, yeah. to away from doing it the last week or so when I've been in London. It's yeah. just... That's amazing. You know, and also you sit in the studio with him and you, you have a laugh with him and you're having a, you know, a little jam with him or having tea with him. And, mm. You know, he still has the, you know, the shades on. You yeah. Just, you can just... you can, When you get close enough, you can see through him. I must, you must but, uh, take a little recorder. You should record an interview with him or something. Well, the thing is, yeah. I, I, I love it because the last time I was there was back in March... Uh, there's this famous move film they did. Well, it was for the ELO's. It was ELO's first record. They actually yeah. made this. This it is sounds incredible, but it's lost by mm. all accounts. But it was a it was a sci-fi movie that ELO made. Yeah, where they kind of sacrificed a woman and they they had all these ridiculous spaceship things. But this is well imagine. before yeah, yeah you know the spaceship thing. But they they had made this kind of uh, futuristic movie with Roy Wood now. Right, right. And I just said, do you remember any of that? Because no one really ever asked him that. And he just came out with stories about them being on Hampstead Heat and all getting filmed and they were, you know, pissed and yeah. laughing. And this woman had to be put on an altar and everyone wanted to lift her because her top kept falling out and all this. You know, and he was breaking his shit laughing. Yeah, yeah. And I was just thinking, you know, that's the kind of stuff I want to read in a book about Jeff Lynne. Yeah. You know, yeah. we all know what he says. He comes out the same stuff all the time because he's, you know, he's a megastar, so he, yeah. he does it. Thousand interviews a day now, probably. You know what I mean? He does so much stuff. Yeah. And uh, do you? They kind of were big in America. They weren't as big in the UK, were they? Uh, originally, it was, yeah. It they was, broke it in America it, first. It was America that yeah. took to them. Can't get it out of my head. Yeah. It was a top ten hit in America. Yeah, and yeah, that's never yeah. been really, well, not really been near the charts as a single in England. It was yeah, on the ELO yeah. EP 
which is the first ELO record I ever bought oh, in, yeah. in the Dublin Bazaar. But did you, did you start uh, uh, playing an instrument then around that time? No, I was obsessed mm. with the drums. Oh yeah, you were a drummer first. So yeah. I, I basically, uh, well then for me ELO then of course, it was all ELO and then about mid-1980 or a little later I heard uh, Just Like Starting Over mm-hmm. and I thought that sounds brilliant and of course you, you know you knew songs like McCarthy songs you knew Mulligan Tour you knew all that stuff with mm-hmm. Little Look and all these things mm. and you'd hear My Sweet Lord and stuff and you go you'd hear Imagine and you go they're great songs but you, you never you just knew they were great songs they were always around mm-hmm. and then I Want to Hold Your Hand and She Loves You were huge songs because my auntie had them on single and I nicked them over Mm-hmm. when I went over to him Bally Fermi yeah. and uh, my brother took wizard singles over so yeah. he, was, he was more the Roy Wood at the time but uh, so it just I, I, but I wasn't putting two and two together with John Lennon and Paul McCartney being the Beatles alright yeah that's because yeah. we know into that then you know, <laughs> you know we didn't just get up and go oh, how can I find out about these people I know yeah yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. You, uh, all you had was liner notes and that yeah. Was it, yeah well even yeah if you had that you, we just nicked the records out yeah, you, don't you had none that. <laughs> yeah. you had big chunks out of them yeah. because they were stuck in these it's actually metal yokes bizarre because I I um, hadn't seen Top of the Pops until I was about 12 or 13 because we, we only had RTE yeah and uh, a lot of the music I liked I didn't know that they were black people. <laughs> I just presumed they were white because I don't know why. Why would you? Absolutely. And then the first time I saw that was a oh, Jesus. Yeah. A lot of these, whatever, the Jacksons, they're black. Wow. Oh, well, that's, a, cause <laughs> that's, that's, that's the Beatles as well because McCartney and Lennon thought yeah. Buddy Holly was black. Yeah, yeah. So when they yeah. went to see Buddy Holly in the 50s in Liverpool, yeah, yeah. he came on with National Health Specs John Lennon nearly collapsed. The yeah. next day, he went out and he got his he wore his glasses for, oh. forevermore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the mental thing. Like John Lennon used to not have his glasses on in the late fifties. Oh, yeah. doing his rock and roll, and he couldn't see he a couldn't thing. Couldn't see the audience or anything. No. Well, he couldn't see anything. But then yeah, yeah. Buddy Holly came out with his, and he just went, "Well, of course, every picture you see the enemy's wearing them." It's uh, brilliant. But yeah. they all thought he, he was black. He's, <laughs> and that's true. I mean, where where yeah. were you brought up again, Joe? Out in Meath. Yeah, uh, in a farm. And uh, so the BBC in order to get BBC, you'd have to put an aerial up. Aerial and my job. father just wouldn't give out the money. He'd go, well, if there's be. a good harvest next year, <laughs> we'll buy an aerial. Because yeah. <laughs> I'd hear all the kids talking about oh. Top of the Pops on cartoons that I'd never seen. Like, oh, oh, Popeye um, I don't know. I'm sure Popeye might have been an artist. But I don't know, I whatever. Naughty, I can't yeah. remember. But obviously, I don't know the cartoons but because I didn't see them. But... Uh, no. Uh, so you see the about? Jacksons and then and I remember seeing and going wow, wow these guys are black like it's just you know anyway. yeah, it's, it's ridiculous I mean yeah, and, that, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah so I was talking about I saw I heard starting over yeah in the, in the middle of 1980 mm-hmm. and then when I woke up one morning and my mum came into the room I always remember it because you know we always remember the, you know, the, well we don't remember the JFK thing but you know there's things in history Mm, like 9-11 mm. and all these things where you remember where you were mm. and you know because of music is my life and that and you know you know there's things you always remember but my mum came in and went guess who's dead mm. and I always remember my brother saying Rod Stewart which was hilarious because he said he's a singer <laughs> right and, uh, <laughs> which is weird uh, and I said Jeff Lynn uh, as a nice 11 year old obsessive ELO fan yeah uh, my brother said Elton John and she goes no, so she, she, how long was she going to leave this guessing well, game all just all <laughs> yeah. she was standing there you know we weren't that late for school that morning <laughs> and uh, and she just said no John Lennon yeah. and I went who's that so she went downstairs 
we could up, you know, toilet user stuff down the stairs with the radio on the table uh. in the dark, misty mornings of December in 1980 in mm. Ireland. And the radio's playing all these songs that I know. And then Starting Over comes on and I'm like, is this, that's John Lennon? She goes, yeah, it's John Lennon's in the Beatles. And I heard all these other songs I'd never heard and I just, mm. I almost got emotional thinking, I've just found it as an 11-year-old, but now he's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, the whole day, just the television, I remember Annie Nightingale breaking down mm. on BBC that night because we were watching, they think they showed help. Yeah. I remember everything about the day. And uh, literally from January 81, uh, my brother, who was working at the time, because mm. I used to hang around with my brother a lot, my next brother, John, he would get money every week. So we said we'd get a Beatles album like once a week. All right, yeah. So I remember specifically, I think the first one we got was, honestly, I think it was Pepper. Mm. And I remember hearing that for the first time, which I'll never forget. But the one I remember Somebody. most hearing for the first time was the White Album. Oh, yeah. Because I had heard back in the USSR, I think I got a compilation album and it was on it. And then it goes down into Dear Prudence and and he, my brother was up the toilet because he said, I'm running up the toilet because I know back in the USSR, so, you know, you play the album, you, instead of just taking the needle off and waiting. You, you know, just keep you, playing. You know, keep playing. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So Dear Prudence, and I'm going, it's amazing. And then when Glass Onion kicked in, yeah. that was the one for me. And I was just like, what do you do when you hear that? You know, and I ended up. I did Glass Onion last year live in LA. Yeah, with the Wild Honey Orchestra, which is all Brian Wilson's band. Yeah, did you at a benefit gig? Yeah, which I'm going back next year to do again. Which is a uh, this uh, last year was the White Album from start to finish. All these the Bangles and Ian Matthews and all these incredible people. Yeah, and uh, Brian Q was the keyboard player with the Who and worked on all these Beatles stuff as well. He recreated Revolution Number no. Nine from start to finish really? live. Yeah, incredible! It's all over the it's all over the net. The World Honey Music uh, have a look it's a charity. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they recreate all these special records, all these top stars and all. And they they love my music, so they invite me over. So they invite me back over for next February for the the Beach Boys '67, '77. Wow! So I think I'm gonna do. Yeah. I went to sleep or something, or time to get alone. You know all these yeah. amazing Beach Boys songs, and lesser known. And uh, you, you've met Brian Wilson as well. He was a fan. Of, he is a fan, sorry. Yeah, that's a, you know, depending on, I mean, I'm blabbing on. It's probably, system's gone off, Joe, if you look. <laughs> on your <laughs> no, headphones. Then my headphones fell off. It's all right, it's just saving the screen. <laughs> well, basically in 2005, <laughs> yeah. 2005 to 2006, I, I recorded, 2005 I released It's Nice to Be Nice. Yeah. Which is it. And he, he loved that song, wasn't he? He heard it through yeah. a, a good yeah. friend of mine in New York and yeah. uh, David Leaf, his manager at the time, very famous David Leaf, who yeah. did stuff with the, B, the Bee Gees all, all through those years, and top guy. Uh, he just got in touch with me through an email. Mm. I think it was through MySpace. Yeah? Remember them days? Wow. God, all MySpace. Those are the days. <laughs> Sounds like the 20. MySpace, Bebo. Yeah, I didn't, well, we were too old for Bebo. What are you doing on Bebo? I went to, <laughs> no, it is dodgy, because I remember <laughs> signing up for Bebo and then realising that I was by far the oldest person. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, though. Everyone, yeah, I nearly did myself now, but uh, <laughs> but I just came and I was drunk. I was drinking at the time, and I came in drunk late in the evening, early morning. And the email just said, uh, "Hi, Thomas David Leaf here. Um, I manage. I'm working with Brian Mills, blah, blah blah. Brian's coming to Ireland in 2006, yeah. and uh, he's ex- expressed a will to meet you because he loves. It's nice to be nice." And Jesus. 
so Brian Wilson asked to meet me, which I always say, and I know there's people out there who go, yeah, fat fucker. Can we, can we curse? Be, yeah, you can curse, yeah. Bleep, well, it's, uh, people no, say, yeah, it's all right who's this useless fucking prick? Because, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, because that's him ringing that's now. That's the, uh, that's, the, the... It's Brian Wilson ringing back. Yeah, Any time uh, you curse, they, you get a phone call. It's the automatic bleep. Yeah. But, he, but it was just like people saying, who the hell is this guy? How could Brian Wilson ask to meet him? And I, I only say it because it's true. And because it, it blows my mind. But it's because you're a great songwriter. Well, you know. still, you know, 10 years ago when but this happened. But it's still amazing. It is yeah, amazing. You know, I was 10 so, years less a songwriter, you know, and I'm still not getting it right. So uh, it blew me It blew me away. And then when I met him, you know, quickly, basically, I remember uh, Brian Berry, actually, who yeah, we all know. Who, who you know. Uh, books bands for Aikens. Yeah, Picker Street and all. Yeah. I remember Brian saying to me uh, after the Brian gig, when I went to it, I went to the kind of, you know, you know the bar door to get in because mm-hmm. I was going to see him. I remember Brian going, ah, don't even bother, Tom. There's colours of wristbands you don't even know about and all this stuff, you know. Yeah. I says, Brian, uh, well, I'm here to meet him. He goes, yeah, it's all right. Well, just, if you want to wait around, fair enough, but he's not coming out. And I said, no, honestly. And then over his shoulder, um, Jeffrey Fosca out of the band said, hey, Tom. Excellent. And, and the wristband I did have was was something that he Brian didn't even know was right. It was so such I always, an, I always laughed, a unique yeah. wristband that it was branded. And uh, I got it sent to me in a smile envelope as well. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty special. I presume we've kept that, kept everything. Yeah, that's why I'm, I'm moving now, and it's a nightmare because I've kept all that stuff. But yeah. uh, but I just uh, went in, and, and he w- says, "What was it?" Yeah. Well, he just was sitting down at the table, and he just says, uh, "Jeffrey goes, this is Thomas Walsh, uh, Pugwash, and." The boy looks at me and he goes, uh, are you the nice be nice guy? And I went, I, I am the nice be nice guy. And he goes, great song. That was it. That was, that was it. it. Yeah? Oh, the greatest. That's amazing though. <laughs> 60 seconds we love because we got two pictures taken. Yeah. And one picture was amazing because he was, his, he, he is like a spiritual person. Yeah. I mean, I've never met the Dalai Lama or any of these people. I'm sure they're incredible when you sit beside them. Yeah. Something special happens, but I sat beside Brian Wilson when he smiled and it's like you just go inside you get dragged into the light it's incredible yeah. but then of course one of the pictures he was like you know this it's not good to do faces on radio but he basically just was like yeah, the face was not working right yeah yeah. The first yeah. picture done was, a kind of a stroke victim face there yes I did yeah. a, <laughs> his head wasn't on fire though like on the ads <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, that's the coldest coffee now I've ever drank. It's just, gone, yeah. No, no, that's fine. Well, I'm just being. I, I forgot about it. Uh, well, we'll, we'll be, I'll get you one after. As no, well. don't worry yeah. about that. No, Jeez, no, no, too no, much coffee. No expense spared. I'll get you but, one um, coffee. So how long does the podcast go on for? There's another 25 minutes of talking. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I was thinking it was already. No, too it's long. not. That's grand. No, no, no. So, so we eventually talk about other because stuff. we still can't. We were, you're only seven. Yes, I'm only seven. Yeah. So you're 11. You're 11. Yeah, I wasn't. Really fat yet? I was getting fat. <laughs> uh, my man's, yeah. you know, obsession with bringing in, you know, TK lemonade TK, and stuff, and stuff yeah. that was slightly out of date, like you know, yeah. dying bars from Israel. Cavan Cola. Have you ever <laughs> drank that? <laughs> it's called it's called stunt cola. That's yeah. what we call it. You know, uh, but, yeah, we love stunt cola because we we're brought up on it. You know, we were brought up on all that cheap stuff. Yeah, That's yeah. Us, you know, Savage right? Smith. Mm. Savage Smith, yeah. That's uh, yeah. David McSavage and uh, <laughs> some other Smith person uh, on, a, yeah, on a tour. The Smiths. 
Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Will Smith, uh, David McSavage and Will Smith doing the Savage Smith tour. Yeah. What would that? That would be a really obnoxious action hero. <laughs> he saves a woman and yeah. he goes, can I come in your tits? <laughs> so he's a, yeah. That would be a great hero, wouldn't it? A it hero would, yeah. who saves people's lives and then... Spunk man. And wants to come on them. <laughs> Just a nest. And, you know, what, what could you do if someone saved your life? You go, well, okay. Yeah. And come on me. Well, that's the You'd best. You'd save my life. Actually, you made a very good point there. That's the best time to basically... <laughs> to us. Do a live pearl necklace. Pearl necklace, is that old now? Is that, is that 70s? Uh, is, it, is it still around? I don't know. You'd have to ask the, the kids... Yeah, or maybe I'll, right ring, I'll ring Viz, get the latest <laughs> on what's going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, that's, 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 so yes, we, we, it was 11, then moving into the 80s. Mm. And of course, the 80s, very early 80s, as we remember, was quite exciting. Mm. And then it all went extremely Benny Wong uh, around the middle of it. But then I yeah. found XTC. Right, right, right. Not the drug. No. Yeah. I yeah. found... Mm. The band and the band. in in eighty one I heard I watched Top of the Pops of course so it mm. was a religious thing of course when you started to watch I'm sure it was a, a religious thing every week unbelievable and uh, I remember watching Senses walking over time on Top of the Pops yeah. and remembering uh, all the world is biscuit shaped and of course I just went biscuits <laughs> Bis- what biscuits world shaped. And uh, I always remember and that lyric, of course. Of, it's weird, isn't it? Amazing. But top of the, it, one of the saddest things, really, is I mean, I would if top the the top of the pops doesn't exist anymore because it would have been obviously everybody's dream to appear on top yeah. of the pops. And if it still existed, I would still be hanging on to that dream. Yeah. And the fact that it's gone, knowing that I can never ever be on top of the pops now. Yeah, I got that with some people just... as well, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. You kind of go, oh God, I never got to meet, you know. George Harrison, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. you kind of go, that would have been great. And now TV shows, of course, you know, even the Tube, of course, which came right, the right, the right, 80s. right, yeah. Because uh, I've had like Ardell Hanlon was in here and he presented it. Ardell's great. He presented he top, presented top, of, the top of the pops. Yeah. Finbar Fury was on top of the oh, pops. Oh, many times. Frank Kelly, of course, was Frank on top Kelly. Of the pops. That was a legendary performance. I know, so. Twelve Days of Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From his pulpit, I think it was. Yeah, that was, uh, that was and that was a huge song for us as well. The family, everyone loved. Yeah, that. he got a letter from the Queen saying she liked. Really? It was her favorite song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so you're talking about. I still remember quotes of it. <laughs> yeah. It's great. So uh, XTC, uh, yeah, brilliant, amazing, amazing. Well, what happened was because because my heel obsession is forever, but mm. of course you could you could sense it out of Jeff that you know it was coming to an end. Mm-hmm. So the musical output was less, was few and far between. Yeah. And when he did release stuff, you know, it wasn't as classic, I suppose, as, as you know, the 70s right, yeah. output and stuff. So he was kind of just going, I'm, I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. So you could sense that. And I was still, like, the... buying stuff and listening to stuff by the Kinks and the Bee Gees in the 80s. And they were also, uh, had probably had their best days, yeah, being honest, yeah, even yeah. though I love certain 80s Kinks stuff, you know, and Bee Gees stuff. But mm-hmm. it was a real... It was a huge, you know, second coming for me when, right. when I here's, suddenly here's heard Sky Larkin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Grass by XTC yeah. with its backwards video and all in 1986 and you just go, or 87, and you go, mm. what is this? This is, you know, this is as good as the Beatles for me. This is mm. as good as anything. You yeah. know, this is just, incre- especially in, yeah. in today's climate, which was like, like 86, 87. And at this stage, are you, are you writing songs yourself? Or no, or, no. Someone, 
You're still drumming. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm at the learning guitar since I was about twelve or thirteen. Okay, okay. Pick up chords. Well, where did you get the guitar? Your, your brother's guitar. Yeah, my brother was. Yeah. My brother went to lessons and learned the guitar. What was it? An acoustic, like an Eggman acoustic, which yeah. had the action of it. You could basically put a <laughs> breakfast roll under the action between the strings yeah. and the neck. Yeah, so I had one of them. Yeah, well, it's always the same. Is they're, they're great to learn on because your fingers. Yeah, you know, you could, then you pick up a little electric guitar and you go, "This is like playing this is a really little. easy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they're brilliant. You have to learn on a tough guitar first. Yeah, so you, you to today have it, it so didn't easy. work for me. I just gave up. Well, no, I but, bought a record, a vinyl record to teach me how to play guitar. And, did you? Yeah, that's it, cool. It was terrible. Anyway, I didn't learn. No, but I mean, so. you, you, you obviously knew in your head what was calling you, what was, you know, what you were going to in. in in a better way, I suppose. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sometimes you just kind of, well, I remember just kind of certain days going, I'm never going to do anything else. And I would be about 17, 18 saying this. Yeah. And it's weird because now I'm suddenly old and I'm still the same. And so that's why, I mean, I've, I've been into BIM a few times, you know. BIM the, is the college for music. Yeah. What, what does it stand for? B- uh, bring in many B- bring monies. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a great little, great place and all, but yeah. I, I, and they were very kind to me. They offered me, a, you know, a, a place just to kind of come in because I, yeah. I did a few, I did a few guest spots and, and it went really well. And a that. permanent yeah, place that you but could I couldn't do it. No. I couldn't because it's just like 49% Grey and fifty one wrong for me. It's it's so yeah. close, but yeah. I just can't. Yeah, I can't do it as a job. You want to be you have full time, and it's so or... yeah. No, but it's just so hard to, to say to a kid how to do it. Because mm. and I, all I ever said to them was, and I know this sounds so stupid, because everyone thinks oh, I have it. But I think the ones who knew what I meant had it. Because all I could say to them was, you have to know, you have to think, you have it. You have to, you know. You have to wake up one day and go, I'm never going to do anything else. I'd be incredibly serious about it. My son is like that. He's just yeah. music, music, music. Yeah. Well, see, he yeah. has it then. You know, and yeah. he'll, it won't be something where he'll meet a girl and it will go away, I don't think. Mm. You know, maybe. You know, it's always the... Women always come into our lives, but even though they came into my life and everything else came into it, it was still mm. always music. I mean, if you think about would John you, as well... Would you have went, if that college was around when you were... Young, would you have gone to something like yeah, that? Yeah, they'd gone to Born yeah. Town. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. That's not your thing. Oh, they'd gone to Torture. Yeah. Oh, I would have been outside with banners and everything. <laughs> what do you know? Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I, I'm, an, I'm an idiot like that. I don't give anything a chance, really, that that isn't natural. Yeah. And it's stupid because I went in and I saw the setup and it's really good and it's helping a lot of talented people. Yeah. So I could see the benefit in it. Yeah. But personally, I couldn't go in and tell them what to do. It just because I remember when I was that age, and I, I, I would have laughed at someone telling me what to do. Even if because I mean, maybe people say, "Well, if you'd have listened, you'd have been more successful." Now, and I say, "Well, fair enough." But but I mean, you were you were no, well, no you know as I mean, far as your craft. You're well, because, yeah, exactly. Incredibly, but that's successful. why I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is people out there who say, "Well, if you know, maybe yeah." So let, but let's talk about the your the, your your writing because like. When did you start writing songs? Like what age? About eighteen. Eighteen and it's late enough. Like, considering what the BGs your, what, are writing what, classic songs, sixteen. Right. Yeah. But I, so what? Yeah. No. Because I'm, I'm amazed that you're 
ability to or though i don't know you just have something about you that you can write an amazing song it's it's an well, it's an incredible well, gift to have or whatever you've worked on it i'm sure but well i'll tell you why i i, I can't i mean i'll tell you why it makes me feel really good when you say that because mm-hmm. you know it's a very nice thing to be told but i do come as we've been talking about i do come from a time when mm. you know hits proved if you are you know really really good you know because mm. you had to sell a million records to make it to the top 30 right. you know what I mean back in the day and I'm still that's still in my head you know nowadays you'd see you know you see bands you know you'd see your your Riptide movements or your Code Lions or all the Coronas and all and I mean mm. some of those bands I know the guys they're very very nice some I doubt so I couldn't give a shit mm. but generally you know they're put on a pedestal here because they get number one albums mm. but if people know this or not, I mean, you know, 800 to 1,200 copies in the first week of a release in Ireland will get you number one spot. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just shows you we got the 14 with the Olympus Sounds. We probably only sold about 300 mm. or 500 in the one week, but it was still their biggest, it was still our only chart album. Mm. Mm. But uh, so what happens then is they get gigs in Barley Park and, you know, yeah. everyone goes like sheep, not quite knowing why they're going. Mm. And then they go, right, these are huge. Let's go to England. And they go to England and they get laughter. And I've been to, because I go to England on the back of a lot of body, a big body of work. Yeah. And a lot of friends in the business. And like uh, Jeff Lloyd in Absolute Radio, right? Jeff Lloyd's a top DJ, great guy. Mm. And recently I just rang Jeff and said, look, the new album's coming out. And he goes, oh, I hadn't heard. He listened to it. He went, amazing as always. I've just given home myself out to dry. Singer of the Week on Absolute Radio. Wow. This is Absolute Radio. Now, that's just me from having fans in them places and people who love what I do. Mm. And so when I go to Absolute Radio, which I've done many times, they still have piles of bags in the basement of promo CDs and stuff that they sent. You wouldn't believe, I swear to God, it's like they have an Irish bag. I swear to God, you don't have an really? Irish bag. And it's just... I'm not being bad saying this, but it's yeah. just Code Lion, yeah. Coronas, Riptoid Movement, Paddy Casey, Jack L. It's just never. And now I know all these people, yeah. but the thing about it is they're successful here. Mm. But in a way, I'm not successful here mm. and I'm more successful abroad. But it's so difficult because if you don't make any kind of money here, it's so difficult to get abroad and be able to, you know keep going but what the way I look at it is is that there's, a, there's almost a false economy when it comes to music in Ireland do you know what I mean there's a, there's a lot of bands that people think they're huge and are the, are the ones but sadly because these are all talented guys you know they're mm-hmm. talented bands you know they, but they they go well above what they should be too quickly mm-hmm. and so when they go to the real places when they go to the Englands and they go to the Americas you know, the people know, go, yeah. well, we've seen this a billion times. What's going on here? Mm. And even though I do Beatles pop and all that crap, mm. you know, I there's still a little substance in it. Yeah, but like that would have been the, that's always the case, isn't it? There's always the band of the time that are big and then five years later, no one knows who they exactly. are. Exactly. Just look at... But there's then the people who, st- like Elvis Costello, I would think, back in the... He's a bit of an unknown, isn't he? But he's not an unknown <laughs> now. But, for, but back in the... They people laugh at him in England. Look at him with his glasses. And, oh yeah, there's a lot and, of that. You know, and but, but do you think? But see, the reason why he's a genius is that he stuck mm. to what he did because he's he's brilliant. 
Mm. Now, what I'm saying is, if you look back five years ago at, like, you know, Oxygen or Witness Festivals or whatever mm. they were called and Electric Picnics, you look at the lineup of bands and you see every one of them are gone. Mm. Mm. And they probably left an EP or a single. Mm. And these were bands that were lauded simply because it, if Coldplay were to play the headline acts at Electric Picnic or whatever, basically... Whoever called well, call player on Parlophone or something, but Parlophone want twenty five of their up and coming artists on that uh, yeah. festival lineup to get Coldplay. That's the way it works, right? right. I don't know whether people know this. Oh yeah, that's it. Works in comedy as well. If there's yeah. a big agency, if you want, yes, Des Bishop, you're gonna have to take another five fellas that you don't know. Exactly, and mm. what happens is we never get the call for any of those things, even though we've mm. released like you know nine records or whatever, and had you know whatever we've, we've had right you know people know of us but we never get the call you know for whatever reasons anyway you know it could be an image thing there always mm. as well anyway but either way you don't get the call because you have to, these festival people have to put in those 25 unknown mm -hmm. shitty acts mm. uh, that will probably only get an EPO or get an iTunes download out and then they're gone mm -hmm. so that's what's killed music in the last few years and that's mm. why your acts aren't becoming huge acts on the world stage you know because, and if you think about the script as an example right you know People might love to hate them, but mm. you know they, they did go away, and and it, it's the old classic thing, like you know, like the cranberries did. Yeah. They had to go away. Oh yeah, well you if, know, to be famous or yeah. to be, you know, to suddenly become what they what they are, which is you know pretty half decent pop, I suppose. Mm. You know, in that respect. So staying here and you know getting a number one album and playing Marley Park, Doesn't it really, means nothing. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, yeah. And we said it. I mean, I, I said publicly I'd never play the Electric Picnic because it's mm. it's a it's a fucking idiotic festival. I mean, you know, it's it, basically they they say to you, do you want to come along and play at twelve o'clock in the day for a hundred quid mm. uh, to nobody, and it's an insult, you know, especially when you see you know Jack O'Reilly's Whistling Pigeons, you know, at <laughs> I, eight o'clock on like the main them. stage. They're you know? one of my favourite they bands. Fucking are my yeah. favourite actually. Definitely, Brilliant. really good, yeah. but. That's probably a bad example, but you know, you just kind of, yeah, and it's not. See, people think you can't have an opinion in music. That's the other thing that kills me. Yeah, it's like oh, if I say something like that, everyone goes, "Oh, who do you think you are? Take a fucking cry." Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like playground shit. It's nothing to do with that. Yeah, like, oh, I mean, it's hard to speak up. I mean, I know Steve Wall did speak up about that whole uh, Guinness thing. The oh, I had a bit of it. Day. Yeah, because yeah. I had a run in with Steve over that. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Oh, why? There's a couple of things I could tell you about, a couple of spats I've been involved with. Yeah. Uh, and I'll gladly talk about them. We had just released the Olympus Sound, right? Back in 2011, I think it was. And we never got any Arthur's Day shit. Yeah. Ever got it. We didn't look at it as anything other than the fact that it was actually something that was willing to pay Irish bands to fucking play. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They were willing to give money. Yeah. To, for an act to play. Now... I didn't look any further than the fact that it was, you know, it was a Guinness festival. I don't drink Guinness. I couldn't give a shit about Guinness. Guinness means a lot to Irish people. It's wonderful. It is what it is. But we were just thinking, we've a new album out. We're going to play a gig because we don't do very many gigs in this town mm -hmm. for the reasons I've just said. You don't get paid, mm -hmm. so you can't put the gigs on. You lose money. Mm -hmm. So we got an offer from Artists Day, 600 quid, I think it was, to play with the Stripes uh, in... Oh, it's, it's the pub anyway whatever it is mm -hmm. so in town somewhere and um, we went and did it and that was fine and then Steve who I know really really well uh, came on with this ridiculous rant about Diageo I don't fucking know I mean I know I'm not an idiot I know my stuff 
fair enough, he made a point, but he decided to come after me, of all people, who's never, because I did an artist day gig. He was trying to say, no Irish acts should do it because it only wants to get the big acts in. He's been playing festivals in this fucking place all his life. Mm. And the festivals do the exact same thing. To, oh, worse to do it because they don't pay it. You know what I mean? They do worse shit to Irish bands. Mm. So I just got, I said, what the fuck? What the fuck, Steve? This is ridiculous. Don't pick on the wrong man here. This is, I'll tell you exactly what we did. We got paid this amount of money. We did it for that reason. We, you know, we played with the Stripes, who were you know, a great little band. Happy to, you know, they're fans of ours and all. It was really nice. It was a good night. So many shit nights in this town. It was a good night. So he comes on, he goes, blah, 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 diagio, diagio, Guinness, 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 blah, blah, blah. So a week later, he's on a half time with the what? With Crow Park. Stunning in Crow Park mm. with Diageo and fucking Guinness oil <laughs> surrounding his head, okay. you know, and they're going, whoop, you know, whoop, they're the stunning, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Whatever this hit was, the walls, the walls come actually. down or break the wind or something. I don't know what's called. <laughs> no, I don't know. Break the wind. What's it called again? That's uh, the stunning song. Was it the stunning or the walls? Oh, I think it was the stunning. Yeah, they're uh, in the hit. Uh, this is Romeo's on fire. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, because I love the guys, but this really pissed me off. And you, you brought her up, and it's, it's fucking annoyed me again. And I just I just sent him a clip and a JPEG mm. screenshot of him surrounded by the agile shit. Right, right, said, right, right. Steve, what the fuck is this? You had some balls. Mm. You've got some fucking balls. And he tried to defend it, but then I got a lot of abuse off his fans, so I just walked away. I said, fuck this. <laughs> and now I'm in another one with, with Jape. Jape? That's even worse. Jape. Jape. I like Jape. Well, of course, everyone likes Jape. Who gives a fuck about Jape? Jape is Jape. Neil Hannon's great friend of Jape. Yeah. You know, me and Neil are, of course, we're yeah. great buddies. You know, but this is the world. Who gives a shit if certain yeah. people don't get on? Who gives a fuck? Yeah, yeah. But the yeah. thing was, in 2012, we got nominated for the Choice Music yeah. Award for the album, for the Olympus Sound. And he won it for the second time, I think. Yeah. And I was asked afterwards, just afterwards, by this female uh, journalist, she says, oh, well, you got close and blah, blah, blah. Hey, and you must be happy for Jape. And I said, oh, I'm not happy for Jape. You're fucking mad. Of course I'm not happy for Jape. <laughs> Why would I bother making a fucking record with 30 grand when I don't have 30 quid? Yeah. You know, and thinking, you know, all the way through the recording, ah, Jape is better. Why would I fucking do it? Why would I do this? It doesn't make, it doesn't right, motivate right, right, me. Right. So you're just saying, of course... I- I wanted to win. Well, what they wanted me because to say was the X Factor world. They wanted me to go, I'm so happy for him. Yeah. It's yeah, such a brilliant, yeah, and he yeah. deserved it. Now, if I yeah. said that, I'd be abusing all Air fans. Yeah. I'd be abusing everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. that has ever bought Air Records because right. if I think Jape is better than us, well, then I'm going to give fucking up. Don't do yeah. it. Jape. Yeah. It's just that I think I'm better than fucking Coldplay or whatever. Yeah. Because you have to. Of course you do. Because if yeah. you don't, why bother fucking doing it? Yeah. yeah of yeah. course, it was misquoted and everything. And of course, then we get into a little. Yeah. A bit of an online spat, which was a bit silly, you know, yeah. and whatever else. And I understood why he's pissed yeah. off. But two weeks ago, I'm sitting watching Match of the Day, and this tweet comes in on my phone, bloop, and it's Jabe going, if you ever badmouth me again, or come down to one of your badly torn out shows. Uh, come on, Jabe. I'd attack you with a baseball bat. Really? Yeah. Now, the thing is... Baseball bat. Baseball bat. And the thing is, I didn't even understand... If I'd said anything about him recently again, I honestly didn't yeah. remember. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't think I had. Mm. I think maybe somebody just came along maybe. and said, 
oh, I was at a gig and you were mentioned or something, but it yeah. could have been because we say all kinds of shit at gigs. Yeah. You know, don't come to a Pugwash gig if you don't want to be offended, I suppose, in some way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if it's, if it's, you know, yeah. if it's merited, as he's like, but it doesn't, see, everyone yeah. thinks we're, you know, troublemakers or whatever. Do they? Well, Jesus. just simply because, you know, why would you, you had the yeah, same yeah. reaction, why would you argue with Jake? But the thing is, yeah. the, the world, you know, it, we're all just, we're not, Dublin musicians aren't all sitting around going yeah today today you know <laughs> no, no, why, why would clinking you, yeah. glasses and no why would you you know so but, it was just weird that he yeah yeah he yeah. suddenly has this stance well he does but uh, okay then it got a bit personal and it wasn't very nice and then he right. apologised he took all his tweets down okay. but yeah. I'm happy about this because this is a bit of balls you know well, here we on. go what's wrong with a few fights it's great exactly fuck it you know yeah but come here we, <laughs> oh, I can't get past fuck you dun, now dun, we're only dun. up to 18 we've five minutes left here bollocks because um, there's so much you've done and now we haven't like okay let's just say you you, you got a studio in a shed right that was years just, ago yes yeah I know it's years ago because we haven't got past <laughs> fucking 18 or whatever I it was I told you you've you got to come back in again well, just do, keep going. I mean, okay. Do no, 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 no. We'd be we kicked go. out. Uh, um, well, well, you, you did. You were just. I'm writing. happy to get them them little rants out though because it's I, brilliant. I, I don't. Yeah. Um, I don't get them out enough. No, it's great to get it out. And if Jape, if you're listening, come on, uh, come into <laughs> studio and give your side of the story. Yeah, let's meet up at baseball. Yeah, that's like done. <laughs> <laughs> but it just shows you know with everything else, you know, with everything else going on in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, you have. To, what I'm saying is. Good. He has a bit of balls about what he does. I have balls about what yeah. I do, and so does my band. Yeah. And we love it, and we'll fight for it. Yeah. And that makes yeah. us real musicians. Yeah. 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 And all the other bands who go, "Oh, why don't you make up?" They're all yeah, fucking fuck assholes. They're going, "Oh, yeah, yeah, kiss yeah. me, hole." Yeah, yeah. And come here. So let's talk. Let's talk about Duckward Lose Mad for a minute. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. So you start. How did that come about? Um, if anyone doesn't, I'm sure everyone knows. But I mean, the first album. It's all you. It's, yeah. it's about cricket. It is two um, albums. Neil with Neil Hannon of Divine Comedy. Yeah. Yes, Neil so, came to to the studio when I asked him mm. uh, to to sing on a charity record in two thousand six, mm. Irish epilepsy song that I'd written, a Christmas song, mm. and she was me. Got to number twenty three in the chart. This is t- Marzipan and Tinsel and Marzipan. Tinsel and Marzipan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mm. that's cool. You know. And, I hate uh, Marzipan, by the way. Yeah. Well, who likes it? Right. You know, okay. I'm just. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's it's my. Good, it's a good word. Forget J- for me. Marzipan <laughs> is my jape. You know. <laughs> Marzipan is always tweeting to me, telling me I'm a wanker and stuff. Anyway, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, the thing is, he came. He was brilliant. Coming back from the studio in the car, sport was on. We were. I was chatting as I always do. Big mouth on me mm. and. Neil goes, sorry, Thomas, that's just a bit of cricket news on the radio. Mm. He says, I know you're probably not into it, but, you know, I'd like to... And I went... And you go, no, oh, I what, love cricket. What are the well, I fucking love it, you know. Mm. And, you know. 1981, Ian Bolton, I became obsessed with it when I had a little cricket set. Yeah. Neil just went, <gasps> eyes open. You know, Neil's yeah. very much like that. If something is right, well, that's it forever. Yeah. So we just clicked. We really clicked straight away. And yeah. did we start to write songs for a laugh? Because he was just having a bit of a downtime with, with yeah. the wine company. I was having a big downtime with Pugwash. And but for a laugh, I mean, from the start about cricket. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, then we went to the pub. You're going, that'd be hilarious if we just wrote an album about cricket. Yeah. And I think it was because Duckworth <laughs> Lewis meant it was such a psychedelic band name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was that was a good start. We went, oh, the name of the band could be that. That's and, a brilliant name. And, uh, yeah. and then we wrote uh, Age of Revolution and... Amazing. Thank you. Song. And um, well, oh, Neil had this had this. Uh, so many good songs. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, thank you. Well, yeah. yeah, Neil had this riff that was he just had it looped, and um, it was a yeah. big Spiderbeck sample. 
people don't know. Sorry, Bix. And uh, yeah. that, 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 that. All right. And yeah. um, he just said, can you write the history of cricket in three verses? I went, no. And then the first attempt I made was like, and I, just, I just wrote loads of lyrics. And then I went to him and I went, it's not working. As he goes, no. And I said, I know what to do. Yeah. And I went home that night and I just put little sound bites and it worked brilliant. Yeah. You know, like Princes and Lawyers played the English Elite, you know, right. Years of Depression, started um, the noise of the street, all that stuff. Amazing song. Mason on the Boundary. Mason on the Boundary, what yeah. That was song. A, I just fucking love that man. song. Well, that's, you know, um, that's, a, that's, well, it's a big kind of me song, you know, you can hear like on the first album, The Night Watchman would be a big Neil song. Right, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Mason yeah. is a big kind of me song, mm-hmm. but we did collaborate on almost everything. I've yeah, yeah, say, yeah. You know? yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. And, and Neil's another man who, who knows the craft or of songwriting, isn't he? He's like similar to you. You're very similar in that uh, you. He's, he's a he's a he's a step above and you think? Ah, uh, he's a he's a he's a he's an idiot because he's too good. You know, Neil is yeah, just too good. Yeah. The thing about Neil is that what well, the great thing was with the two of us working together was that I learned from Neil uh, the honing process, which is incredible. You know, if you think you have the perfect, you know, rhyme or yeah. you know texture to a song, you don't. You go over because the you can just go a little bit further, right? And it's not obsession; it's actually just brilliance. Okay. So I learned that from Neil Bull. Uh, the other side was I also Neil learned how to uh, think, uh, shut the fuck up. We're going to have to. You know. Will you sing a song before we finish? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know any James songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't where's have a Casio. The, where's the guitar? Well, that was a little. Where's the guitar? Is it outside? Bring the guitar. Can we can we record a song? Yeah. Sorry. Don't you give out. I know. We're only on. I'm we're, only eleven. He's only eleven. We, we haven't got, in his life, we only got to 11. We only got to 11. <laughs> Stone. Anyway, we'll just do the song. Yeah, 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 cool. Hang on, I'll set up the mic. Ah, sure, just, it'll be okay picking up here, will it? You know, but uh, yes, will I blast this out of you? Okay, here we go, here, here. Here, I will. Oh, 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 oh,
absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. Cheers, mate. Thanks a million. It's great fun. <laughs> Yeah, I love that song here. That's one of my favourite all-time songs. And if you want to find that song, it's not on their new album. It's on Pugwash's album, Eleven Modern Antiquities. Uh, it's loads of great songs as well. At the Sea, that song is on, is on is a great album. But they've got loads of good albums. Thanks, to Thomas Walsh for that the chat and he's definitely com- definitely coming back again we've got to do more he's just brilliant love him so uh, I was talking about the gig in Roshan Dove last Friday I was I was talking about it last week I did the gig in Roshan Dove absolutely brilliant gig fantastic gig it's a regular every Friday night in the Roshan Dove I'm not on but there's a different act every every Friday night. Brilliant. So I would recommend if you're in Galway, please, yeah, go down to that. Um, next week, I will actually be over in Scotland. So if you live in Scotland, there's Father Ted Nights on in Malone's Bar uh, on uh, the 26th. I think it's in Aberdeen, 27th in Edinburgh and 28th in Glasgow in Malone's bars and I'll be there yeah um, yeah listen uh, I'm going I, you probably won't it'll be too late for this but I'm, I'm doing that thing uh, on TV3 midday but I mean I don't even know if you're probably listening to this after midday today so if you're listening in the morning I'm going to be on if it's the afternoon I've been on you know, whatever. So, uh, th- thanks. And please, please give me reviews. Give me stars. Give me interaction. Go on Twitter. Joe Rooney, the number one. Jo- you know, Joe Rooney, one. And talk to me. Come on, man. Thanks to all the people at Castaway Media. Thank you to Andrew Mangan. Go on to Castaway Media website. Listen to all the other podcasts that are on there. And, uh, yeah, there's Arscast and uh, Not Now Cato, 738am. Loads of brilliant stuff to listen to. And there will be a lot more added as well. And I'm I'm really so glad I started doing this podcast with Castaway Media. Yep. Okay, well, next week I'm talking to Brezzy, and that's a fantastic interview. I just did it this morning, and uh, it's just really good. What a guy. Brilliant. Yeah, okay, see you. Bye. was a Castaway Media production. Find more great podcasts on our network. Visit castaway.media. I can't believe I just scratched that car. Find my insurance card. Dude, what do you have in this glove box? Ew, are these socks dirty? Oh, forget about the socks. I need my insurance card. Just pull it up on the State Farm mobile app. But I can do that? Oh, hey, I can do that. Yep, it's called service. I can file a claim on here, too? Yeah, it's it's called service. Whoa, I can call my agent, too? It's called service. Insurance with local agent, it's called service. Call State Farm agent Megan Roberts in Atlantic today. 